Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. For more information on the shows and the network, visit podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up for free at podmetrics.co and use my referral code RJLadesma. First of all is, do not underestimate the value of hard work. Like I said, I guess at, at my age, I, I still come to my desk at 7.30 in the morning. I mean, I probably... I work longer than not all but at least a good many of my colleagues in the office yeah? so um, so do not underestimate the value of hard work sabi nga nila um, daig ng maagap yung masipag diba? so it's not just sipag it's it's being maagap diba? hello and good evening welcome to the RJ Ladesma podcast in this podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs, learn more about how they think about business, what are their success secrets, and how they've innovated their businesses during the pandemic. And more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging in the new normal? Now, is there a business personality or an entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here in the podcast? Please let me know. Drop me a message. And right now, we are also live via Kumu. Tonight, I am very excited to welcome our next guest, the president of Phoenix Petroleum and Family Mart. Because uh, I'd like to share with you, he gave me some really, really great advice uh, at the start of this pandemic. I will share that with you in just a bit. So let me tell you a bit more about Phoenix. Phoenix Petroleum is a company of many firsts. It is the first independent oil company to be listed in the Philippine Stock Exchange after the oil deregulation law was passed in 1998. It is also the first company from Davao City to be listed in the PSE. Now, under the leadership of the current president of Phoenix Petroleum, uh, the company has risen to become the third largest player in the Philippine oil industry in terms of fuel market share, according to data released by the Department of Energy. It showed that Phoenix climbed a notch to the third spot with 6.86% market share in the first half of the year, following Petron at 24.88% and Filipino Shell Petroleum with 18.25%. And a particular segment that's growing very quickly for Phoenix is LPG. So we are speaking right now with the president of Phoenix Petroleum and Family Mart, Henry Albert Bongfadulion, to tell us how they became number three and what do they plan to do to maintain their lead. Again, please welcome the president of Phoenix Petroleum and Family Mart, Mr. Henry Albert Bong Fadulion, here to the RJ Ledesma podcast. 
Hi, uh, RJ, good evening. Um, thank you very much for having me again here at your uh, program. Idol Bong, thanks. Yeah. thanks so much for being here. And you know, later on, before the program ends, uh, we have a very special announcement about a, a new partnership we're coming up between both uh, Phoenix Petroleum and Family Mart together uh, with uh, Mercata Central over here. But let's keep our, our friends here in suspense. Now, before everything else, now, this is the one thing I want to share with you uh, with Bong. Now, I also have, am a co-founder of another company called Easy Franchise. And Easy Franchise had regular Facebook live sessions. And at the start of this crisis, we were getting CEOs and executives to share with the stories of, you know, how do we pivot? How do we manage through this crisis? And Bong, batang-bata po yung but he's a veteran in the oil and gas industry. And I'm sure he's been through a lot of crises, not just here in the Philippines, but abroad. And he shared with me one particular piece of advice that really resonated with me. And it informed my decision to reopen Mercato as a, as, as a, in high street, as an open, uh, socially distant, uh, outdoor market. And this is what he told me. I remember very clearly, uh, Boss Bong, you said that RJ, even during the crisis, even during the ECQ, you try to open up your business because, uh, you have to open it up. You have to see what works, what doesn't work. You might have to fail. But you've got to learn right now because it can't be that you close the store before the ECQ or before the pandemic and you open the store again. It's a new world. And if you didn't adjust during that ECQ, if you didn't try at the hardest time of your business to try opening up, you will not, you will never be able to adjust properly to the new world. Do you remember that, Wong, telling me this yeah, one? Yeah, oh. I do. Yeah, that, that for me really informed my business decision-making. And that's why I, I pivoted uh, the business this way. Um, I'm just very curious to find out whether that, I mean, that, that advice, that insight was golden to me. I mean, if I had to pay you, it'd be priceless. But then where did that advice come from for you? Where did that situation, were you in a, in a particular situation in the past prior to this pandemic where you were caught in a similar situation? Well, many, I, I guess. Um, I've, I've been around for quite some time already. And um, one thing I've learned is um, the situations that we find ourselves in, whether positive or negative, I mean, they happen all the time in business. I mean, they're not events that uh, come and then simply pass. I mean, they're events that shape uh, not just ourselves, but, but the businesses. So if you remember when I said that to you, I, I didn't even know how long this thing will last. Yeah, that's right. You know, we were talking about, I mean, it could be two weeks, it could be one month. I mean, eight months on, we're still here. And um, we're still trying to figure it out. So imagine if if you uh, sat it out, uh, you would have lost eight months. So if you tried to slug it in, uh, you have gained eight months ahead of those who chose to sit it out. And and I'm sure halfway through the eight months, people started wondering already, do I do, do I not? Is this going to be longer? And I guess you just roll with the punches and take whatever comes your way as as it is and then adapt to it. And what, sabi nga nila, what, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Diba? So I, I wish Mercato well. I know it's going to be successful. Uh, alongside the many entrepreneurs that you incubate. And um, I have no doubt uh, you hold the future of uh, retailing and food retailing and many other uh, things that you will discover later on. Oh, 
Th thanks so much for the kind words, Bong. I, I really appreciate it. Again, it, it, it really helped me uh, inform my decision-making process during this time because, it, it, you know, when you're a small player and you don't have any uh, data to back you up or research, you really rely on intuition and, I guess, the wisdom of the younger ones, ONCE, like yourself, to, to advise you uh, where, where to go from there. I just, I just, I'm just curious. I'm sure you also had to apply that same advice to yourselves in, in, uh, in Phoenix and the other companies that you had to run. How did you guys literally slug it out? Because, I mean, I'm dealing uh, in a microcosm. You're dealing with the whole country. In broad strokes, how were you able to apply that same philosophy for, for Phoenix? Uh, well, first of all, you have to gather your team and, 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 uh, and uh, ensure that they're all safe and secure in, 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 during this crisis. That was the first, the first things that we secured. You know, we, we were very clear uh, that um, this is not going to be something out of the ordinary. Uh, second, it's, um, it's nobody knows for certain how long it will take. Uh, so if there is same, something that was certain, it's the uncertainty. Um, uh, and then repercussions of which will be far-reaching. We also said that there could be some opportunities here because you're practically resetting the, the entire thing. I remember mm. we were reading stuff like the last time this happened was World War II or something like that. You know? That's right. The where, where the whole, yeah, <laughs> everything was reset. So you, you now are sitting here and, and trying to figure it out. So you either you know, hunker down or try to make something out of it. And so we chose to do something um, and, and make something out of it. And, and so the, the, I guess the rest is history. Yeah? So, but first and foremost, first is we, we had to make sure that uh, we kept everybody safe and secure. Mm -hmm. Second is we wanted to make sure that uh, we kept the business as close to business as usual as possible, as best as we can. Uh, uh, so that was our goal. And the third one was we were preserving as much of our resource as we can. Uh, parang tubig yung pera eh. So, di ba? So, oh. kung anong malagay mo sa balde, malagay mo sa tabo, you, you just try to keep it. You don't know how long this will take. And lo and behold, eight months on, we're still here. So, had we not preserved our resources then, we would have run out of it now. So, I mean, those are very simple things which I'm sure everybody's trying to do as well. Having said that, Bong, no? I mean, when we look at Phoenix, I mean, it, it's when you look at Phoenix Petroleum, it's not just petroleum per se. I mean, it's a bigger company than that right now. Maybe for the people listening here right now, maybe you can give us a better perspe uh, perspective as to what Phoenix does. I know there's products, there's services. And in fact, there's even a convenience store. People, people don't realize just yet that under the banner of Phoenix is, is Family Mart. Can you help us better understand the ecosystem that Phoenix has developed inside the company? So thanks. Thanks for that. So first of all, Phoenix started in Davao as a... As, as one of the independent uh, oil companies uh, uh, and then um, blossomed its way to the rest of the country. And now we are in three markets. So we, are, we have a business in Vietnam. We have an LPG wow. business in Vietnam, uh, uh, which, by the way, is three times of what it was since we acquired it last, last uh, March. March of 2018. So it's now three times the size. So we managed to grow there. And we also have a trading um, business in uh, Singapore that has a couple of desks, a fuels desk and an LPG, LPG trading desk um, uh, that trades uh, not just for our needs, but also for 
regional requirements also of third parties. So our domestic business uh, closer to home is made up of uh, B2B, commercial and industry. Uh, we are in aviation, domestic marine, um, road transport, manufacturing. So that's one part. That's one segment. We also have a flourishing um, uh, LPG business, which we bought in uh, 2017. Uh, and then, um, of course, we have a retail footprint uh, that extends to not very, not a lot of people know this, but um, uh, we have about close to about 19,000 touch points across the country. Wow. Uh, from Family Mart stores that caters to the A and B segment to Sari Sari stores, uh, where our e payment gateway, possible uh, remittance, bills payment, and along those lines, um, is, is present. So, and everything in between. So, the LPG stores, the stores that sell lubricants, uh, the service stations. Uh, and, and, and all the other different formats that we have in between. So all 19,000 of them. Yeah. So, so that's, that's our retail footprint. Yeah. So, which is, uh, uh, what we have at the moment. Yeah. So, so what is, what is Phoenix Bong? What is Phoenix now? When you, when you look at everything all together, how, uh, what is that vision that Phoenix wants to be for the country? So we're trying to pivot, um, the business from simply oil and gas to one that is consumer. Uh, as you know, we are a consumer-led country. Uh, we have a de- cost domestic economy that thrives on consumer spending. That's right. So we see a lot of potential uh, in, in threading along those lines. And um, as we build our retail footprint, uh, we are trying to build the offer as well to cater to the many different needs uh, of the consumer of the future. Uh, so think about the service station as just a service station then think of the service station along with family mart the sari sari store the store selling lubricants and the like as future community touch points in the future which offer not just what you see now which is one dimension perhaps to multi-dimension formats catering to different needs of the community. We always believe that our vision is to create a brand that becomes an indispensable part uh, in the lives of people whose lives we touch. So whether that be a consumer, a supplier, a partner, or a shareholder for that matter, anybody whose life we touch, we want our brand to be an indispensable part of their lives. Yeah. So. Very, very interesting. So the way that I, I'm perceiving it right now is, okay, I have a distribution point. My distribution point can be the, the, the gas station, but it can be a distribution point not only for gas, but for other consumer-driven needs, which can be Family Mart, which can be Possible, uh, which can be the other products which you bring into the portfolio of, of Phoenix. Is, am, I, am I understanding Absolutely. correctly? Absolutely. So think about 19,000 touch points across the country. It could be, I mean, in, in e-commerce speak, it could be first mile or last mile. Mm-hmm. For some of the both merchants and uh, service providers, uh, which is why you know we believe that uh, regardless of what format is present in the community or or one part of the community, whether that be family mart led or service station led or okay. or uh, sari sari store led, uh, it could carry any and all of our 
formats, both present and future formats that we will introduce, uh, and at the same time offer uh, the touch point itself as a potential first mile, last mile uh, gateway to budding entrepreneurs or service providers who struggle uh, to get their goods from point A to point B. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just one of the ideas that, and in the process, you become, or the touch point alongside with the brand becomes an indispensable part of that community where they belong and the people whose lives they touch. Yeah, so, so it, it I mean, makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's our purpose, if you like. No, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense for me. I mean, that's, that means that that kind of helps me uh, divine the future for Phoenix. It means that we know that we know now, ah, okay. I can see the potential for me as a small entrepreneur to work with Phoenix, but at the same time, it tells it informs Phoenix now. Okay, what are the other products I can include into these touch points, and that's that's where the future of Phoenix will come from. Absolutely, and it's which which is why, to your point, uh, this is why we've reached out to uh, your yourself, uh, who is an incubator of SMEs, because I think in this time of the pandemic where the whole country is trying to figure out how how to get out of this fix i think one we need to help each other that's right uh, second if there is anyone who needs more help it's probably the sme um, and uh, if there is anyone who can provide that help uh, i guess it's it's not just us but everyone who's who's got infrastructure who's got value to offer who's got service to offer and and so apart from us being able to provide Mercato, along with its merchants, the the um, uh, I guess the access to a market through our touch points, we can also offer this to many other SMEs who want a gateway as first mile or last mile for for uh, to to facilitate commerce and trade. Yeah? So it's 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 us being able to help the community uh, get back on its feet. Excellent. Uh, I, I like how it's really becoming indispensable for the community. And later on, we will discuss a bit more as to how Phoenix can help more uh, MSMEs participate in their ecosystem. But before that, Bong, but, uh, you know, I'm very curious because you were telling me earlier on before we were talking offline and you were saying that, I mean, you're running, you've got a nice office in BGC. I've seen the office. It's a lovely, lovely office in the center of BGC. But for <laughs> eight months, you've actually been working from, working from home. And, yeah, yeah. you know, you're, you're running a company. Uh, you know, from home, a whole organization from home. So what's a typical or atypical day for you like? I'm sure I'm your last mile here tonight, but your day could be spent just meeting Zoom the whole day. What's a day for you like right now? Yeah, yeah. So by and large, it's the same as as what it was before. Um, So during normal times, I would be in the office at least normally around 7.30 in the morning. Uh, So that's I, I start the day early. Uh, sometimes I bring my son to school or before my daughter also to school and then I drop them off and then I head to the office. Uh, today, uh, fast forward to where we live today, it's the same. I I still show up at my table. Uh, so I, I work from my dining table. Um, um, and uh, there's a story to that, but uh, I work from my dining table and I'm here at 7.30 in the morning with, uh, I've already... I normally wake up in the morning, you know, say a little prayers, thank you for the day, and you know, I'm still alive. And then I, you know, you dress up, take a shower. I still dress up, you know. I, I, I do not allow myself to get caught in uh, half dressed and half undressed, you know. So 
It's, so right now, naka-pants ka ba ngayon o naka-shorts? So, no, no, no. I, I wear pants. Uh, I wear socks. I mean, that, that I, I dress up for the... I mean, that I always uh, tell my team, you know, you have to show up like you want to work and like you're working. I mean, that's, that's how you show up for the day. And then, of course, um, my day is packed. I've already made my coffee by 7.30, had my breakfast, uh, and then I'm ready to work at 7.30, check my emails and the like. And then, of course, I try to... The reason I work here in the dining room is because my, my son also works or, or studies uh, online. So we're, at least we can see each other rather than if, if I work upstairs in my office, I don't see them. Yeah? So, of course, we share, we get to share the AC as well. So save a little bit of money on, on electricity. I see my wife. So we're all in one place. And then uh, we try to hear mass at three in the afternoon. It's uh, a oh, good nice. pause for us. Uh, and then, of course, I finish at about, what, 7, 7.30 sometimes. Sometimes it goes out to about 8.30, But I don't have my dinner, my lunch with my family all the time. Yeah, so that's that's a typical day for me. So I guess the the time that otherwise was spent for traveling has now been taken up by more Zoom calls. <laughs> so morning to sunrise, so sunrise to sunset. Yeah, so so that's that's a typical day. So and and I'm just curious at your at your CEO type level, what co- continues to keep you motivated um, in terms of uh, what do you read? I mean, uh, I know you you shared a bit about your faith life, and I'm very happy to hear that you're able to you know attend mass at 3 p.m. Um, what else? What 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 keeps you going uh, at this rate? Purpose. All right. So very important yun, uh, to have a purpose in life. Yeah. So in in our in in our case, of course, uh, sabi ko nga sayo, our what what keeps us up and about wanting to um, uh, you know take on the challenge of the day again is we want to push our brand and and make it really indispensable. Uh, to me, my personal purpose, of course, I I look after a community of people whose whose lives I touch along with their families. Mm-hmm. I I need to make sure that uh, the company is not only is able to survive, but is also able to thrive. Because you know, when you, when you have this responsibility, you have you have you not only have the lives, the livelihoods, the welfare of of your family, but also of 1,800 people, along with the many thousands of people who rely on our partners, our franchises for their daily livelihood. That's a lot. Huh? That's a lot of responsibility. So I guess at, in, in my role, the buck stops here. So if shit hits the fan and um, something goes wrong with the company, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll be the one to blame. So you need to make sure that you wake up in the morning ready to go, you know? So <laughs> that's a lot of responsibility. So, Yeah, and speaking of responsibility, you know, I, I was looking at it, in, and we see that meteoric rise to fame of, of Phoenix, really, because it's a, it's a really great story to tell when you, when you think about it. I mean, uh, a, a provincial-based company becoming part of the PSE, you know, becoming the number three here in the country. Um, and... I look at this vis-a-vis your, your own background because, you know, if you guys don't know, take a look at Bongfa de Leon and LinkedIn. And I did my research on, just on LinkedIn. And I looked at your profile and you really, you're a veteran in the oil and gas industry and you have a very long and storied history. Technically, 
you were also an OFW. You worked in Malaysia, you worked in Oman, and you worked in the UK. And, and you, you achieved a pretty high position for, for a multinational. But what brought you over from working in a multinational to work for a local company that was, I guess, I would say struggling, but it still it was still uh, at the challenge of moving its way, uh, moving its way up. What 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 was that? How did you make that decision? All right. So so first, uh, I, I guess when when I came over to this company, it was fairly established already. I mean, it was mm-hmm. thriving, bustling, and I, I think I I need to give credit to the people who came before me. Uh, so because I mean, it's I don't think it's appropriate for me to say you know I came here and. Voila, we came to this position. I think we we need to give credit where credit is due. And, and we've got a long uh, storied uh, past with with many great leaders before me. First and foremost is our founder. You know? So he founded this company. He had a great vision uh, and he had purpose and I guess stamina to to really take it to where it is now. Uh, so enough, and of course, the people I took over from—I mean, they—they they really took the business where, where it should be. Uh, and um, we simply have the responsibility to make sure that we nurture and care for it, such that it will be in a much better place when they gave it to us. And then when it's our time to hand it over to somebody else, it's also in a better place. Uh, so, so get on. Now, to your question, I—I um, I guess. Um, you know the when when I when I read about when I came across the owner uh, in some time uh, before a few years before I joined, uh, I was very much uh, in in my old company. I was overseas, but I took fancy. Uh, I was fascinated. In fact, uh, I was impressed with the growth uh, and the plans and the ambitions. Of of the owner as he socialized it with me. I mean, this is Dennis. I mean, I I I was impressed uh, to say the least. And and at some point when I came home from uh, overseas and rekindled the old friendship and re- reconnected with him, and uh, I was told to consider, I said I'd like to be part of that story. Um, and uh, I called it then an adventure. I mean, that's a great adventure. Wouldn't you want to be a part of that adventure? And, and lo and behold, fast forward to where we are now, I think I got more than my fair share of adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell my boss, oh, this is one great adventure. You know? so, I, mean, I mean, not to say, I mean, it's got its ups and downs. Just like a... But adventure, so be careful what you ask for. Huh? You might just get it and get it in a really big way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Um, having said that, no, um, I'm looking back. So you came in at about 2017, am I right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. I, I know that uh, if, if you look, look at the history of Phoenix, and I had a chance to go through the website and take a look, it, it, the growth started from 2000, I mean, 2007, it was listed. And it started moving upwards. There was an upward trajectory from there. You were able to amplify the trajectory for the company. But if if you look back, and I'm sure that you know you've had a chance to consult and talk to the veterans in the company, what were really the key drivers for growth to the business? Because I mean, uh, you were able to you're, you've actually um, you've actually bumped off an established multinational to take the third spot. 
uh, here in the country as an oil player. And that is no mean, no mean feat within that period of time. So what do, you, what do you think were the key growth drivers that, that really brought the company there? Well, um, if you ask me, I, I guess it's um, at the end of the day, it boils down to the customer. So we have a principle. Um, there are two things that are very important in business. The first one is the customer. The second one is your P&L. All right, your profit and loss statement. So very important. So it starts with a customer and ends with a PL. So why do I say customer? So you 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 start with a customer promise, uh, a value proposition that you offer to the customer, and then that promise is a contract between you and your customer, and you you need to hold true, uh, to be true to that contract. And if you're able to execute well, uh, flawlessly at that. Uh, you will be able to earn the loyalty of your customer. And then once you get loyalty of your customer, you will be rewarded handsomely. And that flows into your PNL. So I guess there's the secret is know your customer, um, take care of your customer, and, and make sure that uh, you deliver on your promise because you will be rewarded handsomely. And I think to that point, uh, in an independent survey, uh, um, I think last year and again this year, sorry, last year and prior year, um, we we are number three in terms of brand loyalty. And I, I guess that is a testament to the promise that we offer to the customer and the uh, promise that we delivered and held on to. Uh, and we've been handsomely rewarded, if you like. Yeah, and because I'm just thinking of that, uh, Bong, I mean, this is interesting because um, if you're able to dislodge somebody who's an established player and a multinational at that, no, and, and come to that point, uh, it, the flip side of the argument is saying, what weren't they doing right? If you don't, I mean, to my head, it's like, what, they, how come they couldn't figure out what you guys had figured out so easily if it's really all consumer-driven? I mean, what, what do you think about that? Uh, well, very difficult to say, no? But... One thing I, I need to clarify is our motivation has not been to be number three or number one or number two. Our motivation has always been we want to present ourselves in anything that we do as credible and preferred alternatives. So whether we go into fuels, we go into lubricants, Family Mart, uh, or LPG, we we want to come in and offer ourselves as as a credible and preferred alternative to whoever has been established or an incumbent or the like. Yeah? So in that process, uh, we try to attract customers to to come and try us uh, and, and sample the value proposition that we offer, the promise that we offer, and hopefully feel satisfied with that. Now, I'm not sure whether the others are motivated as well by that. But that remains to be our primary motivation, offering ourselves as credible and preferred alternatives in the like. And uh, if, if we're able to please uh, the customers by the uh, offer uh, that we've provided as an alternative, and, and hopefully there will become, they will keep coming back and they will become loyal to us. And the way that I think of it is that you, you, you don't think of yourselves as an oil and gas company 
you know, for me, I mean, it's more like you're thinking of yourself as a, as a marketing company trying to improve the customer experience. And hats off to people like Ms. Selina Illustre, Matias, who I work with a lot. I mean, yeah. gr- great people that you've got working for you because it's a, it's a mind shift. Eh, but they're, they're not thinking of this as, a, you know, if they thought of it as an oil and gas company, iba yung, iba yung direction. Eh. But right now, right. That, that's not the direction that you guys have actually been taking right now. Yeah, correct. And, and so, as, as I said earlier, in, in the retail touch points that we have, the fuel will eventually be just one of it. It it could be led by fuels in some parts where where the first flag that gets planted is the petrol station. Uh, in some instances, the first flag, as in Cebu, uh, could be Family Mart. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. the rest will follow, like Possible and an LPG and the like. But I guess, I guess in anything, in everything that we do, uh, we would like to offer ourselves as a credible alternative in that uh, in that uh, business that we want to venture in, and uh, the touch point uh, that 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 we are planting in that place, we would like it to be uh, an indispensable part of the community, if you like. Uh, having said that, uh, Bog, just one of the comments from uh, one of the listeners here right now, catching a lot of gold dust from uh, Sir Bong. Uh, great. Uh, Broadcast RJ from Polak Samana. Boss, but maraming nakikinig sa inyo ngayon. There are a lot of great insights that you're sharing. And, and really, thanks for the perspective that you're bringing to the table over here. Thanks, um, Paul. Now, thanks, thanks, Paul. Now, uh, Bong, if you take a look at it right now, so, you know, you were saying that you need to create a great customer experience at the touch point. During this crisis, we've lost, we lost many of those touch points, actually, right? I mean... Uh, like you said, we talked at the very start. We, we were still literally slugging it out when we first talked. Maybe March and April, pa yan, diba? <laughs> This yeah. time on um, But right now, you've got a flourishing um, LPG business, which I think was a really, really great pivot because if you think about it, we just bought it in 2017 and how it actually became the saving gra- I mean, for me, how it looks like in the articles is that LPG was a saving grace of, of, of uh, Phoenix during just this crisis. Tell me a bit more how you guys pivoted uh, during this time. How did you guys have to adjust uh, the business during this time? Well, um, I think it it uh, our strategy uh, to uh, establish and bed uh, critical retail touch points worked well for us because many of the stores that we have offering LPG were embedded in the communities. So when there was a lockdown, so it was very accessible. So to my point earlier, the touch points that uh, we put in place, embedded in the community at that, became indispensable in that environment because it was the go-to place for LPG. I mean, when everybody was locked down, it was very difficult to move. Mobility was very hard. And so if if you're only a short distance away from the source, then it becomes very convenient. So we were offering convenience, uh, we were offering peace of mind because if you run out of um, uh, gas, then you could easily call somebody. You know, we were we made ourselves present in uh, in different medias in forums to make people aware that uh, you you can either call us, message us on Facebook or SMS or different means. Uh, we tried to make ourselves as as available as possible, and of course. Uh, do not underestimate the value of the supply chain because we managed to keep our supply chain 100% open uh, to service all our requirements. And then, of course, because our stores 
or touch points were very close to the community, it was being run and manned by people within the community as well. So even when we were locked down, uh, the people did not get displaced because they were part of the community. And so that worked well for us. Uh, so fast forward to where we are now, people have rediscovered and enjoyed uh, the joys of cooking. Some even sing while cooking, as we've seen in our Calderoque uh, singing contest while cooking. So, I mean, there are so many ways to have fun uh, while at the same time uh, enjoying the chore that you're supposed to have. Hi, this is Roy Segalar from the Research Department at First Metric Securities and host of the Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast featuring timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and economy in the hope of providing investing and trading guidance to Filipinos. New episodes every Tuesday and as always, your future first. Hi, this is Michael Waits and I'm the host of the Asia Tech Podcast. Join me as I interview tech thought leaders, investors, and business founders across Asia to get the best insights on how they built their businesses from the ground up. Check out my new episodes every Wednesday at asiatechpodcast.com. All things Asia, all things tech. Importante ang mag-save, pero bakit marami ang walang ipon? The answer is because we don't spend enough time in learning practical financial strategies. This is Fitz Villafuerte, a registered financial planner, and I'm inviting you to listen to the 80% podcast kung saan tuturuan ko kayo kung paano yumaman. So join me and let's talk about personal finance on the 80% podcast. You know, you made sure that even under adversity, you made sure to keep the supply chain going. I mean, I'm sure you had to come up with some creative solutions for other things, uh, uh, innovative solutions, just to make sure that the business continued. Am, am I right about to say that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So in fact... Uh, um, one of the things that we implemented was uh, a rotation uh, in our terminal. So everybody was uh, locked in, even before the idea of creating a bubble uh, was conceptualized. We already created our own bubble inside the terminal. So everybody gets tested, and then you get locked in the terminal for two weeks. And then after two weeks, another set comes in and takes over. So that's our own little bubble, if you like, uh, in the terminal to just to ensure that everybody is safe while at the same time the supply chain runs 100%. So great. The LPG business uh, literally flourished because you had built the opportunity in the past for it to flourish using the different touch points. How about Absolutely. the other? How about your other businesses? I'm, I'm just curious because obviously the aviation business is not doing uh, good business for you right now. Um, yeah. How's green? How, how's the other for 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 vehicles? How the how are the other businesses doing? So uh, on balance, if you look at the overall portfolio, we are at about 85 percent already of our pre-COVID levels. I'm pleased wow. to say, and um, uh, each month continues to improve. Uh, if I remember our July numbers, our August numbers were about 11, 12% better than July. And then September was about 9 to 10% better than, than uh, August. And then I think October was again about 2 to 3% better than uh, October. So it's getting better. We're now at about 85%. So we continue to improve. Uh, so we're quite pleased with that. Um, 
Now, if you look at the different segments, of course, they, they behave differently, but the fuels bit is, is okay. Uh, minus a few segments, like, as you said, aviation, which is about 20 to 30% only. Uh, of course, the marine business is about 50 to 60%. And then the road transport business is about 50 to 60% as well. But on okay. balance, it's about 85%. Now, okay. LPG obviously is 30% over it. So it's flying off the shelves. And then Family Mart. Uh, so possibly our e-payment gateway has, um, I mean, flown off. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, revenue flowing through the transactions flowing through the the machines because everybody having been locked down wants to have payment gateways or bills pay or remittance very close to where they are and we are in 8,000 Sari Sari stores so you can imagine we are in the community and I think the only business that we've had really had some difficulty and challenges is the family mark business uh, which is only about 50% of, of what it was. And um, we continue to, I guess, there is no solution when there is no customer uh, because uh, sometimes there are customers, sometimes there is none. So uh, very difficult to even plan for replenishment. So, And so that is the reason why we have developed a new format that brings the Family Mart business a smaller format closer to the community. And... And the results of our uh, pilot has been spectacular. That's in, that's in Cebu, right? That's in Cebu. Is that yes. right? Yes. So the reason why we we did the pilot in Cebu is because one, we we wanted a market that that had the same qualities as the Metro Manila, the metropolis, and the like. Second is we wanted to demonstrate that we could take it nationwide, free from the clutches of the supply chain, and so. What better way to do it than in another island, which is Cebu? Uh, and then three, we wanted to test the uh, strength of the offer alongside the strength of the brand. Uh, in, in all elements, the pilot was spectacular. In fact, the list of people asking for franchisee, franchising opportunities, queries and the like, uh, is is enormous. I mean, we're, we've been overwhelmed, and and of course, we will be partnering soon with Easy Franchise, and we partnered with Easy Franchise, and and to take this to the next level. But again, this is an opportunity, a response to uh, the crisis. How we are trying to pivot the business, and alongside that, help individuals lift themselves up by offering a affordable. Uh, franchise package that uh, hopefully gets them out of this fix and then allows them to reset their business opportunities and, and, and thrive in the new norm. I love that reset. That's, uh, that's my, my, my key word here for tonight, the, the word reset. And so right now, there's a lot of people actually applying for the franchise. We can, we can talk about that later on. But just, just as a preview, uh, my other company, which I represent, is Easy Franchise. Looking forward to carrying some of the new Family Mart compact uh, models over there. Uh, Chico Hernandez says over here, this man speaks with so much clarity, wisdom, and benevolence. Para naging Buddha ngayon siya. Hindi naman. Magdadas lang ako, pero hindi ako pastor. But I love that. And I, I want to talk, I want to go a bit more into Family Mart in just a bit. No? But before I before I, I move on to Family Mart, just a couple of things I want to I talk about, which, which was very interesting, which is actually possible, di ba? Because possible is an e-payment solution being done uh, 
by by Phoenix, but by definition, if you were still an oil and gas company, this is not something that you would have looked into because it's not part of that kumbaga DNA ng isang oil and gas company. Yeah. Tell us how it came about because this is part of your actually your your longer term solution na uh, touch point kasi yung 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 uh, whatever we are wherever Phoenix is touch point yan, eh. How did you come up with the idea of developing the e-payment solution uh, and 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 bringing it across? Because I looked at the it, you were the President of this company in 2017-18, you thought about this a couple of years ago. Yeah, so we this was a company that was developed by a few bright uh, entrepreneurs um, uh, from the tech industry, the fintech industry. Uh, we saw this uh, company. They were looking for a partner, a shareholder who could take them to the next level. Uh, we saw their um, business. Uh, we we thought that uh, it uh, it it uh, it had a strong fit to what we're trying to build, which is a, um, a retail uh, ecosystem footprint and the like. Uh, uh, and uh, we saw that uh, you know it's got great promise. So we partnered with them. Uh, they were still. Very young then, I think two, three-year-old company, uh, and uh, we've grown that five, six-fold wow. since we came together, and uh, we still have a great runway ahead of us, and uh, we're looking forward to growing it even further and and make it again uh, an indispensable part of the community. You know, bringing uh, remittance, bills pay along with many other services uh, alongside it. You know, you you can even download your, what do you call that? Four-piece, four-piece yung Ayuda from okay. that device. Yeah, wow. Yeah. You, you can, you can um, load your beep card. Um, you can even withdraw money from our partner. I think uh, one of our banking partners is RCBC. So, some some of the touch points you can withdraw money, just like an ATM. Great, so great. I mean it's it's got a whole lot of opportunities. Of course, it's got remittance. We have a partnership with um, with the Western Union, which we are rolling out soon. Um, alongside, of course, PayMaya, GCash, and it's an agnostic platform. So it's a great uh, built-on, add-on, pile-on. To, to the touch points that we have because they're complementing. Uh, these are services that are critical to the community, especially uh, in a lockdown. And, and having said that, the other thing I want to say, when you, when you look at your LPG, I know that you did, you were one of the few also as well who did online work where people can actually do, one of the pivots that you did aside from making sure that it was available everywhere was that people could actually uh, get, a, the, they could order online now. Of yes. LPG, right? so, which, which, people have, which people didn't do before. Yeah, so during the pandemic, we were able to roll out touchless payments in the four courts. Mm. Uh, we were able to provide a an app, a lifestyle app called Limitless. We were able to roll that out. Roll that out. Uh, we were also able to do online orderings and for for LPG. Uh, so we're making a big push into technology, e-commerce, and the like. So I mean, this all happened. When we were all being locked down, so so again, like I said, 
business as usual you try to bring it as close as possible um, to business as usual and I mean, you just like to make do with whatever you have and whatever resources and conditions that you're able to give. And you deal with the hand that uh, you 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 play with the hand that's dealt you. Yeah? So, but it's it's sort of like when we talk about the, the Chinese character Wei Ji, crisis and opportunity. Because some of these things that you're actually developing right now are actually long term. They, they they are potentially long term sustainable business solutions, like your online delivery. That's great because I think it can exist now and in the future. I think also the compact format for Family Mart is great because that just might be the new model. You wouldn't have launched it if there wasn't this pandemic in place. But absolutely, uh, you know. But but right now, for me, that seems to be a great and very viable business model. Yeah. yeah. So and and our franchisee is extremely happy with it. In fact, he already has. Uh, so he started with three. So he now has seven more. Uh, in the pipeline before the end of the year. So we're now in November. So between now and December, he'll have 10. So wow. imagine he wants to populate the entire Cebu with, with that format. You know? So he's, he's also inviting uh, others to join him. Uh, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to own every, every, Anybody can franchise him. You know? so. Excellent. Excellent. And now I want to go to Family Mart since we've been talking about how exci- I'm, I'm very excited to talk about Family Mart because you know, from the outside, when you look at it, like I said, no, uh, it, it doesn't seem like at the start a natural partner for Phoenix. Actually, it, it fell under your wing among the different Dennis Oi companies, Family Mart. I mean, Family Mart fell under your wing. It could have fallen under, I guess, Enderone or other companies that, that, that are run under the Dennis Oi uh, conglomerate. Uh, but it fell to you. And, and the thing that you wonder like, at the start was that, you know, this is a company that was run initially by the Ayalas and the Tantokos, which is a joint venture. Um, but then eventually, uh, it was bought by Family Mart. Uh, for people who are outsiders, it, it wouldn't seem to make sense that you would you would buy it. But it, it seemed to be a strategic uh, purchase, which is making uh, investment, which seems to be uh, paying dividends for you guys right now. Uh, tell us a bit more about that. Uh, how you know how, how that process came about. Were you in the company already when, when Family Mart was? Uh... I, I was. I was. In fact, I was uh, one of the guys being asked to lead the review and acquisition of that. So, uh, when we looked at the opportunity, it played into our long-term vision of pivoting into consumer and retail. Yeah, so it was a format that was um, uh, a great uh, build on or uh, latch on to the existing business that we have and and it fits into the vision of the future which is retail and consumer second i mean it's one of the most well-loved most popular brands in the world in terms of convenience retailing uh, japan family mart um, one of the well-known brands third it it's got a great heritage um japanese at that um and and the the offer that it's very well known for is food. Um, I mean, if you look at the fast forward to where we are now, everybody's offering food for now, food for later. When we when we took on the business, we were very clear that we will go back to the Japanese heritage and and build a brand on that foundation, and that we will anchor our growth into food. Uh, it took a while for us to be able to develop the the right model, which is what we launched in our head office, which is the big 
yes, uh, yes. with dining area. Unfortunately, with COVID, we had to reset that again after getting it right uh, after two years. Uh, so, but that such is the way of life, you know. So, Thank you you, you think you think you got it right, and then only to find yourself requiring to reset it again to a smaller format, but still very much premised on Japanese heritage and food. Uh, we called it ready to eat, ready to heat, take and bake. Uh, so at that point, we had that vision. Fast forward to where we are now. You go to the malls, the supermarkets and the like. Everybody is offering ready to eat, ready to heat, take and bake to share, which is where we wanted to take the business. So I, I guess it's um, it's um, it's fate. <laughs> so we find ourselves here now. So yeah, so we 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 think that the brand holds a lot of promise and and fits nicely um, into our business and uh, plays well into the vision uh, of the future, which is retail and consumer. And, and well, I hope you don't mind me asking. I mean, Dennis Oye is a great entrepreneur. I mean, and they sort of ask you to come on board and to evaluate. Was it? Sort of Dennis saying, this is a good, this is a good buy, and I can see where it fits into the ecosystem. Let's look at it and just verify the numbers. I mean, that that's how I see great entrepreneurs think. Eh? Is that is that sort of what happened over there? Well, a little bit of both. Uh, I I guess he he was very clear from the get go that retail and consumer uh, was where we wanted where he wanted to take the business, uh, and and so that's where we're trading now. And then so to that end. Uh, a family mart franchise, convenience retailing, premised on food, is a great uh, uh, bolt on, if you like, uh, to that vision. And, and I guess the numbers will 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 validate whether the hunch is correct or not. And true enough, it did. Yeah. So. And then you know what I like about what you're saying here. Going back to the word reset, you said you had to reset even your large format family mart that you had in your head office. Many Filipinos are so attached to the idea that you know reset, you know redoing things. You're a failure. I mean that that's that's a basic sometimes Filipino mentality. But but what what is your thinking when you say reset? Because for you, I mean, you've I'm sure that in your career you've reset many times, and you were even in a corporate setting with our performance metrics. If you fail, diba? So how should we perceive reset? It's not a good or a bad thing. It's just that it's a business thing that 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 you have to go through to get better. How would you like to reset people's minds when they think about reset? I guess I we so first of all mindset, right? So I mean, you you look at it at, as a glass half full or a glass half empty. We choose to be positive, right? so you take charge. That's 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 what leadership is all about, right? So you take charge of your destiny, uh, positive or otherwise. So. When it comes to a reset, I mean, first of all, you you have to be thankful because you realize that a reset is required. Second is you need to wrap your head, head around the reset so that you can reset it properly. And then third is you execute flawlessly. Uh, because, um, but, but always look at resets as an opportunity. So, for example, in this period that we find ourselves in, Everybody is reset. So the play, the playing field has been leveled. Mm-hmm. So Family Mart, it's, um, I mean, at the first instance that, you know, we, we, we had this challenge with Family Mart, we were almost close to tears. Because we've just, after two years, 
gotten our head around the format and and we were happy and celebrating a few months later in fact not not even two three months a few one one two months later it's it was falling apart and it was burning in front of our eyes so imagine but but the thing is we were fortunate that we have a very small network we only had 60 70 sites imagine if i had scaled that up only to reset it it would have been worse so we were first of all grateful of course um after a few tears here and there you know we were grateful that at least we we did not manage to scale it up we managed to slam the brakes on investment before we scaled it up that would have been more brutal that would have been more bloody if you like and so so immediately go back to the drawing boards and and try to keep the ship afloat meantime that we're trying to reset and fast forward to where we are now and we're happy again so hopefully <laughs> we're not saying that it's not going to it's going to be the end right yeah but the, the point is you must be ready to embrace change otherwise i mean you, you'll get you'll get swallowed by 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 events and and you will not be able to survive so first of all you need to act fast and and realize that uh, you've been given a second chance to reset i mean the world is littered with so many examples of people who did not pay attention to a potential reset and then the event reset them and then they were not able to recover anymore yeah? so, I, I like that pay attention to a potential reset because sometimes yeah. Correct. It's staring you at the face already. You refuse to acknowledge because you're so you're so married to the old norm. You refuse to let go. There is a time to let go. And you need yeah. to make that decision fast if you want to be an entrepreneur because opportunities do not ho- uh, wait for anyone. Chico Hernandez is picking up a lot of uh, insight from you. He says, so we're always see resets as an opportunity. And I guess that's one of the key things I'm picking up from you right now, uh, uh, Boss Bong, no? And another one that's, that's also being brought up right here by Paul Laksamana, and, and I like his point. He admires really how you've become very, become very malleable, I guess, very agile with the company. But is there also a risk of spreading yourself too thin? Because if you think about it, I mean, the original intention is oil and gas company, let's say. But then you, you want to want to be the best place, an indispensable place for your consumer touch points, which include Possible, which include Family Mart, which include, uh, I guess, uh, uh, your other products that you're also offering. How do you know that you're not spreading yourself too thin with regard to the company? Very true. All <laughs> right. So, and and I think everybody, uh, one of the, I guess, biggest realizations of people was, um, you know, trying to um, spread yourself thin, uh, too thin, because you had lots of resource, and and you had you you could afford it. Uh, fast forward to where we are now. I think, uh, to Paul's point we've come to a realization that we need to take priorities. So right now at the moment, what we're doing is trying to digest what we have, trying to refocus our efforts um, and, and making the, the most out of what we do. Uh, so to my point earlier uh, about preservation of resource, we've cut OPEX and CAPEX uh, and, and we are no longer starting any new activity other than what we have right now. So the mantra of the day is live what, with, with, with what you have uh, and, and try to make do with what, uh, whatever you have and, and do it well, uh, do it extremely well, if you like. Do it extremely well, I guess, given, the, given what you have. No? 
And talking of Family Mart, I know that you also made a pivot recently as well, where you made it, uh, you, you saw that there was also, because there's a purpose to, like you keep on talking about purpose, that you're actually helping a lot of uh, SMEs through Family Mart. Can you tell us a bit more about that? All right. So we came up with with the idea of uh, why don't we, there are so many entrepreneurs out there uh, who I'm sure um, are trying to find the market or a gateway to the customer. So we said we 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 want to help them fulfill that. So as I said earlier, we have 19,000 touch points. And we can make your products offered uh, in any of those. But to be more realistic, if you're here uh, in Metro Manila, how do you make yourselves available elsewhere? So our limitless app technology, the lap, the the uh, the lifestyle app that we're trying to do, we're building that uh, uh, into a marketplace where people are are able to um, offer their goods and hopefully whoever sees it in the, our ecosystem is able to uh, select and choose whether they would like to uh, follow that. So we're offering that uh, to SMEs uh, soon. Similarly, we're offering our network, Family Mart, our service stations. I mean, I get messages. Can I've seen your cookies, SME cookies being offered there. Somebody, can I also have my goods? I said, fine. You you come over and uh, we'll uh, we'll have your um, wares. And so we've had small entrepreneurs who who make cookies, milk tea. Uh, what was the last one? Uh, bake sushi. Wow. Uh, uh, there was one who even gave um, these tacos, uh, you know, so baked tacos or so whatever. So we're offering that in our stores uh, and, and see whether there is following interaction. And then we provide some advice. Of course, we're one of the first one we offered a partnership to was Mercato. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Mercato. In fact, I told you I, I went to the old store. I Needless to say, I didn't realize it was on a different location. Because there is still some structure in front of our 25-7. That's um, right. That's right. So I, I thought that was the one. I said, well, how come it's not open? So, And so, I mean, Mercato is um, it's a great brand. Uh, and likewise, it, it helps other SMEs. So we, we thought helping Mercato helps not just Mercato, but the other SMEs that rely on it. So. Thanks, Boss Bong. Uh, I mean, so there's a lot that you've actually helped. There's small, I, saw the, I saw the small cookie brand. I actually tried one you sent over to my house. Really great. Uh, really great opportunity. And I'm seeing that, you know, I realize right now what it's like for you and for what you've been sharing with Phoenix is the higher purpose that you bring to it. We're not just, sir, we, we want to be an indispensable part of the community. And that means helping the community also during yeah. this time. Kikita sila, kikita rin kayo, di ba? I mean, that, that's yeah. really how I see, that. my own business, that's, that's how I see things, no? And, and having said all that, uh, let's, let's move a bit forward, no? And, um, I've seen, I'm sure that you've seen uh, what's happening. You're starting to see, you've done a lot of planning and you're starting to see 2021 with, I guess, a bit more clarity. What do you see as emerging in terms of opportunities that are coming up in 2021 for your business? And of course, what businesses will emerge as you see coming, uh, affiliate businesses coming emerging in, in this in this new normal environment? Well, first of all, I hope to see uh, and, and this is a hope. I hope to see more entrepreneurs um, in uh, in the future uh, breaking out from employment and, and trying their hand out at 
uh, being an entrepreneur and creating uh, not just a livelihood for themselves, but offering employment also to others. I think this is a great opportunity for us to do that. Second is uh, pay very close attention to the lifestyle shift of, of people who have experienced this lockdown and come out of it better people. Uh, I think there will be some very pronounced changes in terms of their lifestyle into their thinking, uh, into the, the brands they follow, the choices they make. Um, uh, and then moving forward in terms of opportunities that um, that uh, that may be available, I, I think uh, logistics and supply chain, that's, it's going to be very critical. Technology is going to be critical. Everybody's going to pile into it. Uh, payment is going to be another battleground. Uh, but there is going to be a lot of fragmentation, uh, I believe, uh, because, um, like I said, this reset has has practically even the playing field. I mean, you see every every so and I mean, just the number of motorbike brands delivering. Yeah, I cannot I cannot count anymore. I I saw them um, in the streets. I said, "What is this brand? It's a new brand." So, so logistics, payment, delivery. Uh, that's going to be a an uh, uh, interesting space for many. And I think that's, that's an opportunity for many budding, aspiring entrepreneurs to latch on. And, and what do you see also with regard to the industry as a whole? Where, 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 where is Phoenix going to, to next? Uh, is it going to be... Uh, I know that you've slammed the brakes, but obviously after this is all done, is this going to be a new geographical expansion for you or more of a product expansion for you moving forward for Phoenix? I think moving forward, uh, at least in the short to medium term, we'd like to grow our retail network. And when I say retail network, retail touch points, footprint, all the current 19,000 and beyond, we'd like to grow our, and, and, and that doesn't mean only fuels. We'd like to grow our Family Mart brand through franchising. We'd like to grow our LPG brand through franchising. So we will go into franchising, joint ventures, partnerships, if you like, uh, with uh, individuals or companies or institutions who share the same values, the same vision as ours uh, of creating a touch point that becomes indispensable part of the community. So, Wow, fantastic. Uh, this has been a truly insightful session. Now, uh, just to close things off, You've had, a, like I said, you had a very storied career, both for a multinational and also for uh, for Phoenix at the same time. And then people here are just asking, you know, what's wrong? You, you're you're a man of great uh, integrity. You're a man that they admire very much. But what are their success hacks to become another boss, Bong? Or what are what are the things that you've learned over the years that if you if you, if you could share, what are these takeaways that you want people to have right now during this conversation that we're having? Well, first of all is. Do not underestimate the value of hard work uh, because, um, like I said, um, at my age, uh, I still am at my desk at 7.30 in the morning. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm old already. I'm old already. But I guess at, at my age, I, I still come to my desk at 7.30 in the morning. I mean, I probably uh, work longer than not all but at least a good many of my colleagues at, in the office yeah so 
Um, and so do not underestimate the value of hard work. Sabi nga nila, um, daig ng maagap yung masipag, di ba? So it's not just sipag, it's it's being maagap, di ba? And then, um, second is, I always remember what my father said, when you do work, uh, and, and this is something that stuck to me since childhood, all the way now, sabi niya, laging pulido magtrabaho. I don't know what the, whether you know what pulido means. That's a Visayan word, I think. Oh. So what he meant was uh, always be very thorough. I think that's the English word for pulido. In whatever you do, be very thorough. Uh, so not just diligence. And, and, and the last point that I would like to make, I think my my boss, my current boss, Dennis, captures it in, in the core values that he espouses to in our company which is 5H. First is hungry, hardworking, honest, uh, and of course, humble. And then the last one is holy. So we, we have that core values, if you like, in our company, which he espouses to. 5H, you will not go far uh, if you uh, you you will, it, it's not going to be too far off from that five H. If you want to be successful, thanks a lot, Boss Wong. Really, I, I'm something I want to take it from my own company, the five H. And uh, having said that, no, um, I'm sure that many people here listening to the show are going, "Hey, you mean I can get now a franchise for Family Mart, or I can get a franchise uh, also as well for uh, for Phoenix LPG? Uh, how can they go about the contacting you, or should they co- just contact me for through Easy Franchise to make well, it first easier? First of all, contact Easy Pay, uh, Easy Franchise. You know, so that's the that's the best um, best uh, way for them to uh, contact Easy Franchise. Yeah. So, and then of course um, they they can also go to our website, Facebook, uh, or drop us a call or a line, uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, we will be able to respond to you quickly. We we're trying to set up the system to collect calls, but easy franchise is 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 one of the best stops for you to be able to get some idea or details about uh, franchising opportunities under the Phoenix brand. And also over here, Boss Bong, another another comment here. Very beautiful insights, Sir Bong. Parang beautiful mind, Henry Gapit saying very beautiful insights, uh, Sir Bong. Thanks so much, Henry, for also uh, Thank listening you to us here. And um, I just want to make a very special announcement over here on the show. I, I, I ask for the indulgence of uh, the uh, idol bong over here. Know that as, as he was talking earlier on Family Mart, you know, this is a, a conversation we've had from a, for a long, long time. And we're also preparing the organization to reset uh, in this new normal where we are incubators for small food brands. And like he said, they're trying to prepare uh, uh, Family Mart to be a place for ready to eat, ready to heat, to share uh, goods. So we're preparing right now for Family Mart, a good partnership where we will be doing ready-to-eat, ready-to-eat Mercato foods. Your favorite Mercato street foods will be available uh, in, in Family Mart so that we can sell them over there. And if you're also interested to help you help us help you package your things so that it can be there for a long-term and sustainable business for longer shelf life in Family Mart, please get in touch with us. We would, help, we would love to help you grow your business in Family Mart at the same time. So we're starting off with uh, Sisig, your favorite street food. Sisig Munajan, uh, Boss Bang. Thank you again uh, so much for the opportunity to work together with, uh, with uh, Family Mart. 
looking forward. Thank you very much. Finally, it's happening. So we've been talking about uh, Mercato being made available in Family Mart. Uh, looking forward to it, and uh, I'm 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 uh, sure you'll be successful, as with all the other entrepreneurs that are joining you. And again, thanks so much, uh, Boss Bong, for this opportunity. I hope a lot of people have learned so much from what you've had to say over here. And again, if there's another business personality or entrepreneur that you'd like me to interview on the show who is just as great as uh, Boss Bong over here, please let me know. Drop me a message again. Uh, we have again Bong Fadulion, president of Phoenix Petroleum. Uh, Philippines, we would really appreciate your presence over here. Please uh, stay around. We'll hear from you again. Join us again for the next episode of the RJ Ledesma podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a nice evening, everyone. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.